1: ana and welcome to the world in sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, a campaign is launched to push for greater Pacific representation on the World Rugby Council. Tonga's Tafaiwa Stadium is set to reopen, and women's rugby league debuts in Vanuatu. But first, Tahiti's suspension from the Pacific Games Council has been provisionally lifted. The French territory was temporarily banned in December due to political interference after the French Polynesian government announced it would boycott the mini-games in Vanuatu. Pacific Games Council CEO Andrew Minogue says the Tahitian athletes will now be free to participate at next year's Pacific Games in Samoa, provided an agreement for the selection of its rugby and boxing athletes is honoured.
2: We're very happy to have Tahiti back in the fold. They're a very big uh, delegation normally at the games. They're a very senior member of the council having hosted the Pacific Games a couple of times in the past and um, I think all parties, uh, all our members uh, will be happy to hear that uh, they're back in.
1: Because normal practice is for the National Olympic Committee, the NOC would select the athletes for the Games.
2: Well, a normal process is that the national federations for each of the sports uh, would present you know their team lists to the Olympic Committee and the Olympic Committee then submits them uh, to the organising committee. Um, that's the normal process that all the countries go through at every Games. What will be happening for Tahiti next year is in the two sports that were sort of the subject matter of the, of the boycott last year, uh, boxing and rugby, where there's two different national federations both competing for you know, um, recognition and stature, we've accepted an offer from the, the Olympic Committee that they would oversee the selection of the athletes in those two sports.
1: And so the, which is not the, a
2: normal process. They'll actually be involved in, in selecting the athletes and then entering them. Um, we've had uh, acceptance of that offer from the two Oceania federations for boxing and for rugby. They've got a few conditions attached to that, which is you know, just to make sure that their rules are followed in any selection trial or event that's held over there to pick
1: the athletes. Athletes competing for whatever federation it may be, the one recognised by the international body or the one recognised by the French Polynesian government, athletes from both of those will be considered for selection?
2: That's the understanding that we have, that the Olympic Committee will basically take charge of the selection process in those two sports with athletes from wherever they're attached to um, eligible for selection. Right at the moment, uh, the the two federations that the Tahitian government recognises are not the federations that the International Federation recognises. So there's that continuing confusion that there are rival bodies. So, you know, our normal protocols at the Pacific Games is that we follow the the International Federation's membership, um, but in Tahiti, they've got different considerations
1: over there. So... This is some form of a compromise, I guess, which tries to keep everybody...
2: That's right. So that all of the athletes across all of the sports aren't being unnecessarily held back by a dispute that's taking place in in two of the sports. So... Uh, it's a compromised solution. I think it's a one-time solution only because um, by the time rugby and boxing are next on the Pacific Games program, which will be in 2023, that's five years from now, you would well and truly expect that these affiliation issues are resolved and sorted out. So we're trying to get through the next 12 months uh, and having the Tahitian athletes back with us next year.
1: Uh, are you confident the Olympic Committee is separate from... The government that there won't be any interference
2: the olympic committee received an assurance from the president that when he was recently re-elected in national elections up in french polynesia that um, the president and his government fully respect the autonomy of the olympic committee um, that's good enough for us we don't need that assurance directly from from the president to us it's come to the olympic committee that's fine Um, We've got good open channels of communication with the Olympic Committee uh, at the moment and that's sufficient for us.
1: That's Pacific Games Council CEO Andrew Minogue. The Pacific Rugby Players Welfare Group believes there is inequality in terms of the power sharing on the World Rugby Council which needs to be addressed. They've launched the Seats at the Table campaign to highlight the fact that Samoa, Tonga and Fiji have no direct representation on the Council. Director Daniel Leo acknowledged governance remains a challenge in the region, but argues World Rugby should be offering them more support.
3: For as long as uh, rugby has been professional, uh, Pacific Islanders have had a huge influence on the sport. 24%, almost 25% of all players... Uh, in the last World Cup, were of Pacific Island descent, and that's increased in the last three or four years. It'll be even higher uh, in, in this uh, World Cup, we where would where imagine. But there's actually no direct uh, representation for either Samoa, Tonga, or Fiji on the World Rugby Council as it, as it currently stands, um, because the uh, the president who, uh, of, Oceania, of of Oceania is uh, Richard Apias from from Papua New Guinea. So actually, um, we've got no direct re- representation, although we have a share of those two votes out of 48. And then, you know, um, all of the major councils, you know, uh, the rugby councils on World Rugby, uh, there's, there's five of them, no Pacific Island representation on, on any of those as well. And that's really, those are really the key areas, um, you know, the key forums that t- have an effect on the shaping of our game. It's not good enough.
1: And so when decisions in World Rugby affect Samoa, affect Fiji, affect Tonga, affect the Pacific region and their players, and as you say, they make up quite a large percentage of the players of World Rugby, uh, There's very little Fiji, Samoa, Tongan ability to actually, you know, contribute their opinions, at least have their say. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, You know, it has a a, a real knock-on effect into a lot of the other areas that we're campaigning for. Um, You know, the eligibility question that we've raised over the last uh, couple of months um, in relation to, you know, capture of of guys who have played possibly from the New Zealand uh, A-team. Or Australian Seven side in the past, really, try, you know, trying to, um, you know, push the case for those guys to be allowed to play for their second country of heritage, which might be, uh, you know, a Pacific Island nation or another Tier Two nation. Those rulings are never going to go in our in our favour. while well, we've got no one in the room uh, around the table pushing the case, uh, let alone, you know, a vote on them. You know, another area that we'd like to see is a financial share of Tier One gate takings. Um, So when when, when Fiji or Samoa play against England here at Twickenham, in the proximity of about £50 million is is generated by a salt-selled-out Tuckenden if you take into consideration TV rights as well. Um, None of that goes back to to the Pacific Islands. It's based on an old-school agreement that you you keep your gate-takings here and we'll come and play you and you keep yours, but England have never been to Samoa. So it's, it's not reciprocated. So we'd like to see that change. But again, you know, it comes down to World uh, Rugby Council representation um, because uh, the, the laws are never going to change if you don't have um, someone around that. You can't just be around that table. You've got to have a vote at that table. And uh, you know, at the moment we've got uh, you know we've got people sitting around it, but um, you know they're, they're not they're not taking part. You know, Pacific Islanders have never voted on, um, on on the chairman of the IRB or World Rugby in the, in, in the history of its uh, existence. Um, and for what we contribute to the game. I don't think anyone out would argue that that's not right.
1: When the council was expanded uh, in 2016, the criteria for being eligible for council membership was that unions needed to be in good standing with World Rugby and be able to demonstrate good governance practice including a fully applied constitution by laws and regulations and five years of unqualified audited accounts and AGM minutes. Now over the last three, four, five years Fiji, Samoa and Tonga have all had their own challenges in terms of governance or financial issues um, and I suppose the question that still has to be answered is what's going to satisfy them to say yes now we think you're ready. Um, do, do you know what that point is? How do we find out what that point is?
3: For us, you know, there's always going to be question marks around uh, the governance of, of of the Pacific Island sides. We need World Rugby to actually help us out a bit more here. I think we're, we're starting to see that a bit with Fiji, where they're stepping in and actually, you know, um, the old saying, you know, it goes, um, if a man's hungry, don't give him a fish, teach him how to fish. And actually, we need that to happen with, through, through World Rugby. We need them to actually come in and provide, you know, those steps for our, you know, and guidance for our unions to be able to qualify for seats at this table. Um, we're not 100% convinced of that. Uh, what's 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 happening? You know, over the last uh, 10 years, certainly it feels like you know uh, World Rugby have just been happy enough to feed us, you know, to hand us the rope to hang ourselves. And you know, it's um, it's, it's getting more and more difficult. as more more countries are becoming competitive. You can't rely on those, you know, on on the results alone to, to speak for themselves. You're right. We need good governance, and we need the right people in decision-making positions really drive
1: that, um, you know, that, that process forward. I mean, all three, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, all have very high government influence. You've got in Samoa, of course, the Prime Minister is the chairman. Uh, in Tonga, I think the Prime Minister is now the president of the rugby union. And of course, in Fiji, um, the Prime Minister also has a heavy involvement or is the president or patron as well there. So is that quite a unique scenario, which I guess maybe sometimes clouds that um, you know, sort of government influence and and sort of involvement.
3: I think you get um, tons with the same brush. So if you've got a squeaky clean government uh, that's involved, that probably wouldn't become an issue. But, you know these are these are these are third world countries developing nations and um you know we know that um there's going to be issues there and those and then, and then the rugby unions that are tied to those get caught up in that so i mean we'd like to see a a, a, a split um a division policy coming from world rugby eventually it say um you know politicians especially you know high high power politicians should have direct involvement um in, in unions but at the end of the day, the, uh, in Samoa, it's definitely the case, and probably in Tonga as well. They're the figureheads; they're not actually, you know, in charge of the day-to-day runnings of the union. And a lot of, a lot of the time, they're not even sure, you know, probably clear on what is actually happening behind the scenes at the union. They're literally in their funding, uh, role to try and provide the, uh, you know, the money for the programs there. In seeing that, you know, I think, you know, they've got to be accountable. You know, as politicians, they are accountable to the people. And um, it does get, it does blur those boundaries. It does blur that boundary between sports and politics. And we'd like to see that clarified.
1: How much confidence do you have that uh, World Rugby is listening? And and what are those channels like with the powers that be? Uh do you, do you think they're open to it? are they listening to what you've got to say?
3: We believe they're listening you know they 've responded to us um, they 've given us a statement there was a there was a bit of spin in there as, as as expected you know they they like everyone to believe that they're that they're doing enough for the pacific islands You know our argument that they aren't um, they, they came back and said look we've you know we've, we've given everybody an equal chance to uh, to qualify for for seats at this table." But if you do your research, you don't have to dig too deep to realise that actually the odds are stacked against us actually ever achieving you know fair representation on those uh, boards. Um, so you know we'd like to we'd like to get to the point where actually um, the whole system is, is revamped, not just token seat given to the Pacific Islands, but we actually like to see equity um, for all Tier 2 nations uh, across the board. And whether that means that you know at, at the moment it stands uh, you know you've got countries that have uh, got three full votes out of 48, and then you've got countries like. The Pacific Islands who have got less than a third of the vote each, um, you know, the disparity is too great, and we actually need to, you know, to bring that to a point where, you know, um, similar to, to World Cup football, uh, one country gets, you know, one nation, and, and actually drop these tiers. We, the, the tier system in rugby that, uh, that exists is, uh, is, 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 um, you know, born out of you know colonialism, and actually it says you you, you know um, to, to tier two countries, you, you guys aren't good enough. you guys
1: are second class citizens, and that's not good enough. That specific Rugby Players Welfare Director Daniel Leo. Now that the field at Tonga's Tafea Stadium has been upgraded, the next phase of work is starting to bring the facility up to international athletic standards. Tafea Stadium was badly damaged in February's Cyclone Gita. Less than a year after the ground was reopened, following a 1.5 million US dollar upgrade, prior to that the stadium was out of commission for international events, with no test rugby played at the venue for eight years. However, a New Zealand government project kick-started the renovation. The CEO of the Ministry of Internal Affairs in Tonga, Oni Anisi, told Koro Vakauta that work has now begun on widening the running track.
0: We have completed the upgrading of the TEF funded by New Zealand. Now we move on to the next uh, stage, that was the upgrading of the running tracks. So it's now increased from uh, lane uh, 7 to lane 8 that's the increase in, in the track and also to lay on a new carpet for the track and also to mark the lane and also upgrade of a few field events like pole w- vaulting and long jump those uh, athletic requirements have to place it uh, in the new uh, tracks and the new turf. So that's the current updates for those uh, two components and we further move on to upgrade the embankment uh, because we have to push Back a little bit of the panting where people are sitting on the grass. We move back the panting so that we allow space for extra lanes. And also the ADB, they are now offered to finance the other areas where they're going to upgrade the access road from the main road. To Teufaewa and also uh, Nata access road also um, uh, built uh, four toilet blocks. Uh, I think that's all the components to be funded by New Zealand. Initially funded TEF and common is funding the tracks and uh, ADB. Is coming in on the access roads and toilet facilities. Last uh, but not least, uh, Colot, you know the roofing of the current grandstand? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, brought off by Cyclone Kita. We are now also working towards re-roofing of the five uh, stand. So I understand the New Zealand contribution was something like 2.3 million New Zealand dollars. What's the ADB proposal? the signing the final uh, contract after designing the upgrading of the road uh, upgrading and also uh Convenient uh, facilities inside uh, the and but the proposal is uh, not yet finalized, it's still under designing phase. I know that the upgrade is leading to hopefully um, IAAF certification. When is the time frame? Do you think that we can see international events, whether it be athletics or even rugby, back uh, regularly on, on Telfiver? The current schedule is, is uh, targeted to complete by end of November when the practical completion will be on the 20th of uh, December. So it's likely uh, early next year we'll, uh, we'll use Faiva for the athletics and uh, also a uh, uh, rugby game to be heard uh, there in Teufaiba. Great, it's good to hear that back on track to have uh, the Ekaletahi there and everything like that, yeah? Yes. We wish to have the uh, Entamate Tonga as well.
1: That's the CEO of the Ministry of Internal Affairs in Tonga, Oni Toto Anisi. The Port Vila Powerhouse have fought back from a two-try deficit to beat Mela Eels 12 points to 8 in the first ever women's rugby league match to be played in Vanuatu at the weekend. Port Vila Rugby League used Saturday's match as a platform to build a domestic competition heading into 2019, while Vanuatu rugby league are also looking at forming a national women's team as early as next year, Port Vila prop Soomataleki hopes the game helps build a better future for rugby league in Vanuatu for women.
3: It's always good to see uh, women grow in sports that are very dominated by men, and I, and I and I say that with the best intentions. But with everything rolling as it is now, I think it's just right for countries such as Vanuatu who have absolutely no idea what rugby league is, especially in. Uh, for women, who sort of start saying to themselves, "Well, actually, if New Zealand and Australia can do it, then we can do it as well." So it's 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 really good, and 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 watching the um, women's rugby league around the Pacific um, progressing forward, it, it's it's quite motivating and encouraging to, to our Port Vila team as well. So that's really good.
1: That's the Port Vila women's rugby league prop Soomaloiki. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.